Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Grind. And uh, I am Dave McClung, as always. And with me is the lovely Chad Grigsby. It's good to be here, Dave. Good to see you today. Uh, always lovely to spend time. With I keep you. waiting for. I keep waiting for something more, <laughs> and you disappoint me every time. Just always good to be I, here, Dave. I really feel like that's on you. You know, I am. I've proven my mediocrity uh, over and over. So yeah, I'm waiting for you to move You're, past it. <laughs> I'm the. I, I was watching. What's that? Go ahead. I'm the Robin. I said I was Batman watching the. Day, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was watching uh, Major League, uh, the movie, over the weekend, and uh, you know the commentators was Bob Euchre, and then his color commentary guy. All he did was say yes and hello, and I, <laughs> that was it. That is that is my color commentary skills uh, on display. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. You're that, that guy. guy. You're that yep. guy. Lower your expectations, man. Lower your expectations. I know it. I know. I keep, but I, you know, I have high hopes, and uh, and it just they keep getting crushed. So no more. I I'm completely hopeless now. So thanks, Chad. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, in the studio today we have the incredible, the magnanimous, the. The pontificator of all pontificators, uh, the one right reverend, Dr. Willie Jacobs. You know you need to write off, start, you need to lower your expectations. <laughs> See, I, I am not the right. one, bro. Yeah, oh, I'm telling you. I am not you. the one, bro. It's, it's glad to be with you guys this it's morning. It's the great Bishop Jacobs. <laughs> that's right, that's right. The no. grand poobah of the church that's planting right. team. Well, or li- pawpaw, listen, as everybody said yesterday. Listen, now that. I know can be really, really true because I am. Uh, we had a great uh, day yesterday. We're bringing in a bunch of church planners and uh, newly affiliated churches, and that was one of the things that came out yesterday. Is that Willie is Papa? And uh, well, I'm a, I'm a, it's okay for me to be Papa. That's I right. Mean, you know, that's it's right. In, it's in reality. <laughs> I, I, I take that as as really a compliment and the grace of the Lord to be able to be called Papa. It's a lot of folk didn't not around long enough to be uh, called. That's right. So, I'm, right. I'm, so I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm good with Willie that. is the wise sage that sits on the mountain dispensing wisdom. So uh, that's what Papa there, there you go again. There you go again. I'm not the one, bro. Yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, he is also an Alabama fan, which we keep getting stuck with these Alabama oh, fans. Oh, uh, I know well, it. well, listen. It is what it is. You know, when look, listen. When you win, you win. When you win, you win. And we just know yeah, how well, to win. It's okay. it's like an infectious disease. You guys just spread and infiltrate yeah. everything. And we've had, I think, ninety percent of the people on this podcast are Alabama fans. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. You know, there is some good things that do come out of the South. Yeah. There are some good things. Yeah, yeah. Alabama is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the old saying, you know, any good thing come out of Nazareth. It's some good things that come out of South. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, moving on, uh, for all you Razorback fans out there, we're sorry. We apologize. And, and for our one Ohio State fan listener, Mark Cox, uh, we're really sorry for you. So, uh, <laughs> anyway. Amen. But, uh, hey, we're – we're excited to talk to Willie today, and we're going. This this is one of those episodes that Chad and I have decided we may have to cut off at some point and make a part one because we could probably talk for a long time. But we'll spare you guys and break it up into pieces if we move into that territory. But uh, excited to have Willie on the podcast, and uh, so Willie, just kind of talk about. Uh, your ministry and career journey, because outside of ministry, you had kind of an interesting career path as well that That's many true. people may not know. That's true. And uh, so kind of talk about that leading up to your time here at the ABSC. Well, uh, you know, I, you're right. Uh, I did have an interesting career. Uh, I, I believe that my first calling in life was cooking. Mm. 
And, you know, it moved from Big Mama's Kitchen to <laughs> restaurant kitchens uh-huh. to culinary school to restaurants and landed me with a hotel chain, uh, Hyatt Regency Hotel, where I, I retired as an executive chef after 20 years wow. and many miles. Uh, kind of was a pioneer in that uh, with... Um, as far as uh, really management was concerned, I, w- I was one among the first African-Americans to uh, be a part of the opening uh, team of chefs. Uh, moved throughout the country uh, from, um, uh, from Birmingham, Alabama, to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, to Dallas, Texas, uh, where I did all, uh, was on the opening teams there, and uh, then began to be a troubleshooter nationwide for them. So it was a, it was a great, great career, but it was during that time that uh, the Lord uh, called call me into ministry. And so uh, I was called to ministry, I think, in 1981, uh, and uh, from there, uh, I really didn't know it at the time, but I, it was really, really church plant uh-huh. because uh, when I came to the church, it was a mission church of First Baptist Carrollton, and it had nine people wow. there. <laughs> uh, nine people were there, and uh, so I was. It was during that time also that I was still working. So the first fifteen years of work was just straight all higher. But then the last uh, during that time, the last five years, uh, I was doing chef responsibilities as well as pastoral wow. Wow. responsibility and raising a family. And uh, for those of you who know Dallas-Fort Worth, I, I, here's, the, here's the trail. I lived in Pleasant Grove, which was uh, 30 miles from Carrollton, where I pastored, and I worked downtown wow. Dallas, which was another 20 miles. So <laughs> I burned up a lot of miles, a lot of gas, and a lot of cars in doing ministry, but really, really was a blessing. Uh, from that time, you know, at my call in 1981, and then 1982, I was the first pastor, that, like I said, and started with nine people. When I left there, uh, the Lord moved me on. Uh, we were running about maybe 650, 700. Wow. Got a chance to build a, a $1.2 million building, and uh, congregation still going strong today. But just 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 got an unrest, uh, you know, and and from the African American culture, you know, you you really feel like uh, you're at ease in Zion, and you've reached the utopia when you build this building. You got the staff, you got the team, and so you just kind of okay. Well, Lord, I'm I'm a finish strong here, but just had an unrest mm-hmm. in my spirit, mm-hmm. uh, and just 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 knew that that was more, and so. But it, it was a good journey, and from there, you know, left uh, I left uh, there and planted two churches uh, over a five-year span, uh, one out of my living room uh, in Carrollton, and uh, we grew that one from uh, five people, and when I left it, it was running about 200. I raised up a leader, and then I left and went, planted the last church down in Cedar Hill, Texas, uh, and Lord just blessed. It was um, uh, nothing but a miracle from God. Uh, partnered with a church down there, uh, Cedar Hill uh, Church Baptist Church, uh, and it was amazing. Um, before this is twenty years. Check tracked it. It's twenty years later, but when we first came in, as I told you, as a new pastor uh, at uh, Keller Springs Baptist Church. Ozzy prayed, my wife prayed on the land where we planted the last church uh, in Dallas, Texas. And so the Sunday we launched, we launched, we launched in uh, Easter Sunday, uh, 2005, we launched with 400 people uh, from the community. And uh, when it settled down, we ran about 300. And, uh, but you know, God just had me on this trajectory. I guess he knew I was getting old, so he had me <laughs> on this trajectory. And um, planted a church, and it was less than, I had not been there f- except for about maybe a year. And since the call, 
just by a water fountain. Water fountains are dangerous. They, you know, we talk about women when they, you know, you know, they must. It must be from drinking the water when they get pregnant. <laughs> well, it must be from drinking the water when God keeps moving me around. I was standing at the water fountain, getting trained. I was getting some training uh, on uh, next level leadership with Burt Ross in uh, Ohio. Oh, wow. And so it was two guys standing there, Willie McLaurin and my name, Willie Jacobs. So Gary comes out and obviously says, you know, is your name Willie? Both of us answer. <laughs> and so he asked us to come in the office and you know, I've been praying for a African-American that would come and direct our African-American work. And so I says, you know, sure, I'll pray with you. And we went in and prayed. Well, we went back out into the conference and after a while he came and tapped me on the shoulder and asked me if I would come out. And he brought me back in the office. He says, I said in that prayer that God's calling you to Ohio. I said, oh, no, not me. I'm not the one. I just, God just, God couldn't be that confused in what he's just done. I just planted this church, been there a year, and I don't believe God's calling me. He says, well, you know, I just want you to pray about it. Uh, that was in October of 05. In February the 6th of 06, I was uh, being commissioned in Ohio wow. as the African-American strategist for uh, the state of Ohio. And so uh, it was just a journey. And from there, two years later, I was called uh, to the national level with the North American Mission Board uh, as a uh, uh, regional, mid-south regional strategist uh, where I was housed in Memphis, Tennessee. And I was responsible for um, Tennessee, Mississippi, and Arkansas. And uh, during that time and 10 years, I was doing consultant work with uh, Arkansas Baptist with uh, Robert Tingle, uh, who was at the time the team leader. And uh, we just began to talk and, and, and as I began to go around and just see the Delta and see the heart I mean, one day I was driving 40, and God just spoke to me and says, you need to make this next move. And so uh, through a series of, of, of events uh, and much prayer, I landed in uh, Arkansas, and I've, I, I, I actually worked through the process for uh, probably two years prior to my actually coming on uh, staff here. So I've been on staff here for five mm -hmm. years, and God's just been faithful, man. So it's been a good journey. Been a good yeah, journey. I don't think yeah. I realized that basically you've done everything in church planting there is to do. You've done you've done bivocational <laughs> yeah. church planting. You've done replanting where you started at a, with an existing church with yeah. nine people. You've started big. You've started small. I mean. That's what I'm saying about this conversation. There's no way we're going to get this into 30 <laughs> minutes because you've done it all. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. pick any one of those yeah. topics and discuss with you. So, man, that is yeah. just that's neat. It's crazy. I know it's probably been a wild ride, but oh yeah, man, oh yeah, seeing the Lord do all that with you, but, it's incredible. But man, I, I I could not imagine, man, that you know, in my wildest dream, that the Lord would have used. You know, it's kind of like. Uh, when 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 Jesus did his first miracle, uh, and they with the wine, and they say you know they, they say the best for last. I think landing in Arkansas was was the has been the most blessed time in ministry that I've experienced, mm. and 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 it's for uh, multiple reasons. Number one, just because God called, really really called me here to uh, finish strong and to see how, what God is doing and, and just the receptivity uh, that has been uh, uh, made so prevalent uh, by just just the people of Arkansas. Yeah. And, and it's just really been a blessing to me, man. Well, before you became a church playing strategist, you were a pastor that led your church to be involved in church planting. So talk to us a little bit on that that side of it on as a pastor, how do you cultivate a culture for church planting in a, in a church? Well, you know, Chad, I think, you know, it's got to be modeled by the pastor. Mm. You know, it, it's got to be modeled by the pastor. The pastor has to, out of his uh, theological, biblical understanding, he has to really, really know 
that that is 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 his responsibility mm. to make sure he 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 engages his leaders to really really embrace and make it a part of the DNA of the church. Uh, so when you talk about uh, uh, being engaged, you know what I did was uh, I got my leaders involved, and then after I got my leaders involved, I began to engage the people in local missions, and then. Uh, we used to do jail ministry. We used to do uh, go down under the bridge and, and minister to uh, uh, homeless under the bridge. As a matter of fact, through that, uh, our church sponsored uh, 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 what we call uh, uh, we call we, it was a church on the lot, hmm. and it was a church it was a church under the bridge. It was actually for homeless people. And we used to minister them, and so we did a lot of local missions uh, with uh, uh, getting just getting people involved in being outside the four yeah. walls because it's easy for people to get locked down in four walls. And so we then we moved, begin to do missions in the state missions, and 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 of course, I think the pastor has to be the front runner uh, to really really make that happen at every level. I mean, you know, I used to be. When I when I would I would always tell them you know I'm not not ever going to ask you to do something that I you don't see me do and so just leading by example and then getting people involved from state missions then out of that what we did was you know it was through uh, the Lord sending a brother to us from the Virgin Islands uh, and uh, that was the open door he was mission minded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we began our first. As a matter of fact, our first mission trip that we took as a church was to the U.S. Virgin Islands. And so mm. uh, we 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 began to. And as a matter of fact, they still take the trip today. Uh, as a result of that, uh, start, and we started that over. I guess that was probably about maybe fourteen years wow. ago, and they still are wow. going. But but it was through that that he gave me an inroad. Uh, in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and then so we began to minister in Dominica, West Indies, uh, all up and down the trade wind islands, sharing uh, our faith, and then, uh, you know, training other pastors and and engaging. So uh, just doing just doing servant projects, and so it, it's it was really really a blessing. That was the beginning of really the church exploding into really, really uh, just just getting involved. And so we began to plant churches and support churches. Matter of fact, during the time, I think that we were there, I guess, in, uh, and during the pastorate, I guess we, we probably sponsored probably uh, seven, seven, I think about seven church plants in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, and then uh, we sponsored about six, I think, in uh, the Virgin Islands, and then we partnered with uh, two in uh, Nigeria. Uh, So, you know, we we, we kind of uh, uh, began to to really, really get engaged, and so the church today is still uh, very heavily involved in missions and church planting. Incredible. From Dallas, the Virgin Islands to Nigeria. Awesome. <laughs> and and all points in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to Ohio, to Memphis, Tennessee, now to Arkansas. God's just been faithful, man. Yeah. That's all I can say. I yeah. can only attribute it to the faithfulness of God that a little boy from the Red Clay Hills, Alabama, <laughs> that used to run around barefooted, never even knowing, you know, that God had this plan. But it's, yeah, that, that's our oh, now look, that was <laughs> Stick a fork in me. I'm done. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, and I tell you, I, you know, and we've talked about this several times. You know how often uh, Tim Wicker, Willie, and I would sit in our office and, and dream <laughs> about what could be. Yeah, you know, yeah, in Arkansas yeah, with church yeah. planting, and uh, you know, all over the state, all the different pockets of people and types of people, and and particularly a. a a deep heart and prayer for the Delta. Yeah. Uh, and, and so what God is, is done and is, is still doing, uh, even kind of expediting and speeding up the process mm-hmm. even more in the Delta is really nothing short of kind of movement status now. And, and, and something that I don't know that, 
you know, knowing all of the the racial tensions that have been in Arkansas, you know, all my growing up days, yeah, you know, and a longing for those to disappear and got to demolish some of those right right there's stuff happening now i don't know that i thought i'd ever yeah. see you know yeah. in my lifetime yeah. and and so what what do you think some of the maybe the kind of the top two catalysts for that that movement in the delta all these new churches being started you know existing churches coming our way yeah. to be a part of what god's doing in the absc what would you say are big catalysts for that well you know any movement you know it's a process and you know, I use this thing about you know, it, it, it's a long, it's a long mm -hmm. runway. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I, I think that 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 any movement for me, it's just been, I guess, in just a part of who I am. I always have have, I guess, developed that if you're going to, and Jesus used this principle, uh, if you're going to uh, engage in a new area, you need to always have what I call pop. A person mm, of peace, right? You got to have a person of peace because that person of peace is already there on the ground, who already knows, and he can help you navigate to keep you out of a lot of ditches yeah. as you as you move forward. Uh, I think that 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 then it's PR. You got to have prayer and relationships. Yeah, prayer and relationships is the key. Uh, I, I I spend a lot of time in in prayer. I don't I don't say that I'm the greatest prayer warrior. But I spent a lot of time in prayer because of my um, uh, inefficiencies as an individual. I, I, I'm, I'm very, very afraid to move unless I, I got, at least I got a strong sense that God is moving and, and God is leading. So, so, so I spent time in prayer and asking God to lead me to the right people. And then from that, you know, you want to try and, and do uh, cross-cultural engagement with other churches. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember the first one of the first things that we did, and, and I'm going to ask you a question about the catalyst, the people, but uh, one of the first things we did was uh, as we went down, I, I remember when uh, Dr. Sam Roberts and First Baptist Stuttgart yeah. did a cross-cultural event with uh, Second Baptist West uh, Helena, uh, and one of the catalysts for that the guy was Jarvis mm. Smith. He yeah. was my person of yeah. peace yeah. down there. But then they began to do stuff together, and then from there, you know, you you know, you, we began to engage uh, our uh, missions team. Uh, we did we did for over the past two years. We've done we we've intentionally did four major block party events in the Delta. So that has helped open up and expose the ABSC. Uh, to really engage in that. We also, uh, I think a part of the movement was uh, one of the things that they said they really needed was they needed training. So we, we, we started an institute in West Helena. And at one time we had as many as 30 guys in that institute wow. uh, that we were training. And then, but that from, then from there, we've, we've since started uh, institutes in West Hel uh not only West Helena, but in Forest City. We've started them in, we have them in Little Rock, and then we have them in uh, McGee Dumas area. So, so that has been 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 kind of the, the catalyst for driving that. And then, you know, with with guys like Java Smith uh, down in in West Helena, and then Pastor Ricky Lattimore down in McGee, they've kind of been the guys who uh, have been kind of the drivers to help us to engage. Yeah. And God's even just the latest. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not at liberty to share the name of the guy now, but I mean, it's it's. I mean, he's just brought on another <laughs> key major player uh, up in the eastern Arkansas in that northern corridor of 55. Uh, and we met a couple of months ago, and we have guys who are coming our way. So you know, it, it's just really, really been a blessing. So, so the movement is has been because of prayer and relationships, mm -hmm. cross cultural engagement. That's what has helped to really open up the Delta. And we have a lot of churches that. Uh, are wanting to engage. Some have engaged already, but have uh, uh, a lot of churches that 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 are 
partnering in the Delta. And and so I, I think that the movement, of course, we, we, we attribute it to God, but God uses willing people also. Yeah, yeah. And, and the pastors, I cannot say enough about the pastors in the state of Arkansas who have just come alongside of us and really, really helped us to engage the devil. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I tell you, you know, I don't think there's any way to overestimate the influence of Jarvis yeah. Smith None. in yeah. all of that. No, I sir, mean, that guy, uh, yes, Jarvis, sir. you listen to this, buddy. We yeah. love you. Yeah. And God has has, oh, yeah. has used you tremendously and will continue to use you tremendously. He was definitely that person of peace. And, and not only was he the person of peace, Jarvis, as a result, and we're talking about raising up leaders. <laughs> yes. He, now, now, now think about this. Jarvis doesn't have the largest congregation down right. there, but Jarvis has sent out to to show his heart and passion. He has sent out four church planters out of his church that are impacting the Delta. Uh, you got guy, you got we got one, uh, two guys now up on the 55 corner, one in Terrell, uh, was Anthony Banks, and then uh, just recently in Wilson, Nate mm-hmm. Smith. Both of those guys come out right. of his church, and yeah. then he's got two more guys, and then another guy early on, one in Marvel, and then we've got another one that he's we're in the process now of finishing up. So that's five, four guys that he sent out. But he's made a major, major impact uh, with us in the movement in the Delta. And that's not counting all the other guys he connected us with. No, the that, affiliates. That were affiliates yeah. or people yeah. he knew that planted yes. that weren't necessarily a part of his church. Yes. And I, yes. man, just, well, and I tell you that, the institutes, uh, you know, God, I, you know, pastors, you know, like John McCallum and yeah. uh, Robbie Jeff Sherman Will- and Jeff Williams, Jeff Williams, yeah. Sam Roberts, yeah. Don Pusick, uh, you know, so many, Carl Weatherford. Yeah. I mean, we, there's no way we could name them all yeah. who have gone down and taught in and the classes, block parties and, and just mission partnerships and, and which has brought that cross cultural element yes. that we hope to see. Uh, and, and, and I, I'm telling you, it, it's just, those are just God-sized moments. That's all we can attribute things. it to. And uh, it was just time and, and, for something And I think happen. that, you know, that again, the Delta, you know, for so long uh, was just forgotten or uh, no one knew how to get at, you know, uh, really making impact in the Delta. And But, you know, I, I think that also, and I mentioned earlier, you know, about God having willing hearts. Uh, I, I think I think we have to always, we have to always uh, know, and uh, give credit where credit is due. The heart of Dr. Tucker, our executive director, has been he has been a major catalyst for us being able yeah. to really get into the Delta, and he's given me the mm-hmm. freedom to do it. Uh, with uh, knowing that and the support that has been needed. I, I, you know, when it comes to block party trailers, you know, through the executive staff, I mean, they, they got us block party trailers. Anything that we've needed to help open the door, he has done it. I mean, even with his presence. I, last uh, couple of weeks ago, he was down in McGee and just shared his heart with those pastors, I, and 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 as a result, I mean, I've, as a matter of fact, I'm going to meet uh, in a couple of weeks with three of the pastors down there. They say, you know, he really, he's he's the real deal. We want to be a part of yeah. that. And so, just, I mean, not only does he talk about it, he's engaged with it, and and that's been a blessing. Yeah. That really, and the guys, the guys know that he is not just a guy standing up talking. But he is putting action to yep. what he's saying. It's yeah. just really been a blessing, man. Well, yeah. uh, Willie, as as promised, uh, this is turning into a two-parter, so you're going to have to come back. <laughs> uh, you're, so I don't know if this is exciting for you, or, but we're going to have to have you back because we've got so many follow-up questions that we need to ask, and, and this has changed yeah. kind of my questions that I had for you. So let's let's do one more <laughs> and uh and we'll call this good and then we'll have you back for part two 
condolences. Yeah, oh, man, uh, listen, I, I'm so, I'm sorry it took no, so long, man. But no, 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 I mean, no, no it's not all. you, man. Okay. It's not you. It's just, okay, I mean, it is okay. you because because you, yeah, you done so much. But. <laughs> well, and here's when we get into good conversations like this, you know, Chad and I are are constantly thinking, oh, I'd really like to touch on that. Oh, we need to come back to that. Okay. Oh, this spawns another question. Okay, and so the questions that you see on the page here. Uh, there's there's about six more that we need to yeah. add. <laughs> yeah. So well, I'm happy. Listen, man, I'm I'm happy to come back whenever, man. I, I just appreciate you guys and the work <laughs> that you do to to really really make this happen. I think that the, uh, these podcasts, man, uh, uh, man, they are off the charts, man. And you you guys do an excellent job. And I'm glad that you all saved me for way down the line, man, because I'm telling you, man. Well, look here. You, you guys are great, man. Appreciate y'all. Thank you so much yeah, for what well, you do. Yeah, well, let's do one more. Uh, kind of help us talk through. We, we have a lot of a lot of guys who want to be multi-ethnic. They want to be multicultural in their approach uh, to church planting. So give us some tips uh, that you would give them in crossing cultures, building relationships with African-American community and other communities for that matter. Well, I, I think that, you know, everything's got to start with prayer. You probably heard me say that over and over again. Then I think that, you know, if you're going to do uh, cross-cultural ministry, you need to do cultural exegesis. You need to know the culture that you're going into. And then you need to, to become a student of that culture, uh, especially when it talks about African-Americans, because we know over the years and just history, just history, there's so much, uh, uh, there's so much uh, baggage that comes with uh, uh African-American culture and Anglo culture that comes out of slavery. And so when we start talking about that, you know, you, you know, again, there's a trust factor. And so we got all these walls up. Even when we uh, talk about coming into the Christian realm, that wall's still up because of mistrust. And, and so you got to really, really understand. And then I would say, I would suggest somebody, if you're talking about doing uh, uh, cross-culture ministry, how many African-American friends yeah. you got? Yeah. How many African-American friends you hang out with? Yep. How many you pray with? How many you spend time with? Because, you know, it's it, it may be cool to say I'm starting an African-American church or a cross-culture church, but if you're not intersecting with that culture, all yep. you're doing is just uh, uh, playing games in your own mind. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, people really, really are suspicious until you become yeah. their friend. Yeah. When they know that you become their friend, and I'm not talking about sitting in their living room every day, but somebody who really, really is serious about them, then you can begin to to engage them. And then when you when you look at how much is going on in in our society as a whole, it's just going wow. Well when you talk about trying to a a a a, a Anglo guy trying to connect with African-Americans or vice versa. You've got to build some, there's some trust issues there that has to be worked through. And then if you're talking about building or planting an African-American church, hey, it's got to be, no, let me back it up. If you're talking about doing cross-cultural anything, it needs to be reflected in the leadership. If it's not not reflected in the leadership, You are really, really making a statement to the people that you are not serious about yeah, what well, you're saying. Well, doing so, cross-cultural so, church planting for an Anglo person is not, hey, how can we get some people who look different from us to come join what we're already doing and not change right, anything right. about what we're doing? That's not cross-cultural. Yeah. You know, that's that is right. It's, you're right. And I think that's what you're you're getting at is you gotta be willing to do things differently, change up your leadership yeah. structure, put people in positions yeah. who really uh who really have influence and speak into the thing if you want that reflected in your congregation. If you and then too and then too, you know, both cultures being sensitive to one another. It's not a one way street you know yeah. both both cultures being sensitive to each other and 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 being able to really really have you know I, I think that 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 one of the things that that sometimes 
uh, because we, we, we tend to focus more on the spiritual aspect. But we need to go back and really look at the social aspect Talk about being able to talk yeah. about it. I mean, to sit down and have a conversation without uh, winding up angry with one mm-hmm. another. Yeah. It's okay if we can disagree. Uh, we, we're going to have some disagreements. That, I mean, I, I don't know anybody that, unless it's a robot, <laughs> that don't have disagreements. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. we're going to have disagreements. But being able to really, really just sit down and talk mm-hmm. to each other and have a, a, a mature conversa- conversation and really, really... Just share your heart with each other. I mean, I've seen that just experience with just here uh, in our building and and just on our, first of all, with me and Dave, was Chad before you got here. I mean, me and Dave and Tim, brother, we had some some real, real deep conversations uh, about just race, the whole nine yards, and and what the Bible says about it. And, and, And I think that helped us to be able to to build a stronger relationship, working relationship, yeah. and a personal relationship. So, so those are just some tips that that I think. I mean, that those are just right off the top of my head that I think. But uh, and then there again, trying to trying to make sure that 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 you're sincere. You know, people will read you real quick if you're phony and yeah. you're fake. Yeah. You know, just just keep it real. Yeah. You know, I don't have to know everything about the Anglo culture in order to fit into the Anglo yeah, culture. Right. Well, vice yeah. versa. Right. You know, so so we just got to be able to respect each other, love each other where we are, man. And and at the end of the day, it's about the kingdom mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think what I've learned, and you know, b- being on the team, is just giving each other grace. You know, because I know I know there's been just yeah. a lot of times where I've come into your office. And shut the door and say, "All right, Willie, I I don't mean yeah, to be offensive, yeah. but I'm a white dude who doesn't know anything, so I'm just gonna I'm yeah. just gonna ask you. And if it's <laughs> offensive, tell me. If I'm wrong, tell me. And and you guys have been just super gracious and helping us think through uh, issues of race and culture, so that we can just know each other better, love each other better, and partner together yeah. uh, for more kingdom stuff. So it's yeah. been that's been a super rewarding for me." Especially, well, Chad. But I, I think also, you know, it starts. It, it's a matter of the heart. Yeah, it's a matter of the heart. When your heart's right, you can you, you can you can share things, and people know that your heart's right. There, you're not doing it with an ulterior yeah. motive. And 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 I think that it, it's been a learning experience for 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 all of us. I don't think any race, you know, black or white, can say that they've got a corner on uh, how it happens. I believe that God is orchestrating it. And I think the next, this, this, this next generation, you know, they are more concerned about character than they are color. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, unlike, you know, I come out, I come out of the civil rights era. And, and so I have a lot of different, I, I got a lot more baggage than my granddaughter who uh, says, you know, well, Janiah, she says, you know, Papa, you know, God loves all of us. He created all of us, and we all are one in the body of Christ. And, I mean, you know, that's the way Mm -hmm. she thinks. I mean, and so, uh, and and not only her, many others. So we've just got to continue to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I agree, I agree. Well, and I want to come back and talk because – you and and, our, and you know we really tried hard on our church planning team to kind of reflect what we want to see in the state you know as well with uh, you know bringing on Neil Scoggins and Stephen Bell as well and and uh, we've got uh, you know Cowboy Church Planner getting ready yeah. to come on to, you know part time to help us with some things and and just to try and reflect the culture in Arkansas the diverse culture in Arkansas. Uh, and that's been fun. And, yeah. and you guys did some, some things with our travel staff and talking about cultural differences and things like that. I'd love yeah. to come back and yes. touch on some of those. Cause I think a lot of our listeners yeah. would, would really benefit a lot from what you guys, you know, you and Stephen I, and Neil did with I us. I would love to do that. that. Love to do so that. Yeah. That'll be in part two. So, okay. so right. there's okay. a teaser, ladies and gentlemen for next time <laughs> right. and, uh, to get you to come back. 
right, we're, before we wrap up, we got to do rapid fire with uh, with everybody, and uh, we'll do this this time, and then that'll give us more time next time to really dive into some other stuff in part two. So, uh, so we're gonna kick off just you know quick answers, you know. Uh, uh, you got to remember now, I'm Papa. I'm uh, slow. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's right. Uh, so, all right. So top one or two books that have had the most impact on you? Uh, A.W. Tozer uh, and Pursuit mm. of God uh, just transformed me. Yeah. Just transformed me. And then uh, uh, Willard on uh, Spiritual Disciplines. Mm. Those two books helped to shape uh, me in, in my Christian walk and just my my whole life, you know, I, I think that sometimes as leaders, we, you know, we've got we, we we've got the head knowledge, but but our hearts have not uh, been really really melted into the mind of God. And 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 A. W. Toes, I mean, I've read the book fifty times, and, and I have to go back and keep mm. reading it because it's always something there that 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 the lord always gives me it really really helped me to develop a uh real real uh sense uh, uh of how to really engage to get to the presence of god and to spend time with him and 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 just develop me as an individual to know the presence yeah. of god and 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 to and, 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 I, I get emotional. Let, 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 let <laughs> All right. What about your biggest strength and weakness in ministry? My biggest strength, I, I would think, is is probably uh, uh, relationships mm -hmm. and yep. multiplication. Uh, I, I, I really, really, and my passion is is evangelism. Mm -hmm. That's that's who I am. That's who I am. I'd agree with that. What about weakness? And. Uh, weakness sitting here in front of this computer. Uh -huh. <laughs> Technology is probably really, really, yeah, listen, you all know, look, so, you know, everybody who know me, you know, listen, listen, you know, and don't, and, but have, listen, look, text me, I'm good. Send me, send me an email and it'll oh, take a while. Oh, man. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> uh, but then too, also just just learning. As a matter of fact, I had to really, I have to, I had to, I have to practice on uh, not uh, ba balancing. You know, just having yeah. a balance because I'm so passionate about ministry uh, that uh, my weakness sometimes is that I I I, I don't really really uh, balance my family time like I need to. And but but I've got a loving wife of fifty years wow. yeah. who always remind me if it gets too far away, Ozzy will always <laughs> draw me you, back. Man. And I bless God, I bless God for her. she's been she's a jewel in my life. Yeah. She co look at she covers up my weak spots. That's right, that's <laughs> right. Well, and I tell you, she's a huge part of what's happened in the Delta yeah. as well yeah. with her she's prayer. A prayer life. She, she's, she's a, a prayer warrior. warrior. She was a prayer warrior. Yeah. yeah. Favorite hobby or pastime, girl. Roll Golf tide. is my pet, but no, but look, got plant. Look, knocking got knocking golf balls all over the golf course and watching Alabama play. That's my past. Do you have a favorite movie? My favorite, my favorite movie is Magnificent Seven, brother. Mac, Magnificent Seven is my favorite movie. Clint Eastwood. Magnificent Seven. Yes, sir. Favorite band or musician? James Brown. Papa James. got a bad new band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tough to go wrong there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, man, that, that rapid fire with Willie Jacobs. I've been dying to do that for a while. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> all right, folks. Well, well, that's part one. So you got the tip of the iceberg. Now, part two, we're going to dive down below the water a little bit more and uh, dive in a little deeper. And uh, so hopefully that'll give you enough to whet your appetite and, and know what you're in for uh, when we come back for part two. So, Well, Dave, uh, thank you so much, man. You and Chad, man. Y'all guys, man. As the kids say, y'all are bum. <laughs> y'all are bum. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes we go nuclear and blow yeah, stuff right. up and yeah. leave radiation in our way. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 the way we are the bomb. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Willie, for hanging out with us. And, My uh, pleasure. We'll catch you uh, here shortly for part two. 
All right. Thank you, guys. All Appreciate right. it very much. All right. All right. Great conversation with Willie. Uh, we knew going into this that uh, it was going to be tough to get all this into one episode that anybody would want to yeah. listen to all the way yeah, to the end. That's right. And uh, and just because it'd be so long, so we're going to break this. We're break this up into two parts. And and uh, and and I tell you guys, you know, some of the stuff we're going to talk about next time, you're going to want to listen to. Uh, you know, Willie's just done it all, seen it all just about and uh and has done it with grace and and gosh just dignity uh love that guy uh and he really you know we kind of jokingly you know call him pawpaw and wise sage that lives on the mountain he is every bit of that and uh yeah well i mean everybody who knows him he's he's just super respected so it is it is very true. Yeah, you know, everybody I know's ever met him respects him. Yeah, so and, and loves him. I mean, he's just he's yeah. one of those guys that when you meet him, you, you got a buddy, and yeah. uh, never meets a stranger. Walks into the room, the room lights up. Uh, just the, I mean, joy of Christ just all over him, uh, and his wife Ozzy. And uh, uh, you talk about a home run when uh, Robbie Tingle had the foresight to bring him to arkansas and uh just man love that guy to death so uh you you know so man so many good things he talked about there in uh you know from you know building a church planning culture in the church starting with the pastor you know in the leadership you got to model that heart and vision and passion and lead the way in that um, you know, to, you know, wanting to do cross-cultural ministry, you know, it's got to be reflected in your friendships, relationships, and your leadership. And mm. uh, there's just no way to short circuit that, no way to cut corners and take a fast track on that. Um, you know, that is, if you're going to do cross-cultural ministry, that is the epitome of, of incarnational mission. You just got to dive in. And right. uh, sometimes it's slow and sometimes it's hard, but the payoff and the reward uh, is is a kingdom reflection in the church, I think. Um, you know, great stuff, gosh. Yeah, and I mean, I thought it's a good time to mention if you want to connect with what's going on in the Delta, if your church has thought about doing cross-cultural stuff, really connecting with with Willie, with Neil, with Steve. If you want to work in the Delta, connecting with Neil. If you want to work in Little Rock, connect with Steve. Uh, That's a great place to start with building a relationship with those guys to start to see some of that happen. Because, I mean, that's been uh, very formational for me is just having relationships with the guys on our team you know, and building those friendships. And uh, so it's a great place to start. I I, I did not realize, even as I knew he had a diverse background, I knew he had done it all, seen it all, but I did not realize he had been a bivocational planter. I did not realize he had done replanting. I did not realize he, you know, we talked about sponsoring churches. I mean, he really has done everything there's to do uh, to do in (laughs) with church planting so yeah uh just really neat to get his perspective and to hear him say after being through all that all the experiences he's had say look prayer yeah you know why did why have we had a movement in the delta well there's several reasons but number one's prayer yeah how do you do cross-cultural relationship prayer i mean just kind of kept coming back to prayer so prayer gets this cliche answer but man it has to be central yeah uh so anyway, good stuff. Yeah, and I, you know, and it, you know, it's, I, I look back sometimes on on how this thing in the Delta developed, and I, you know, obvious, obviously Willie is a huge catalyst in, in all of that, you know, to make that happen. But uh, there are some things that you know be kind of difficult to talk about on the podcast in relational connections that opened up through some avenues that nobody could have expected or planned uh, other than the fact that God connected us with this guy who connected us with this guy who connected us with Jarvis Smith. Uh, and then the two guys that initiated the connection with Jarvis Smith are out of the picture now for, for different reasons. And, but it, those connections were a part of the journey to get us to this person of peace that once Willie and Jarvis got connected together, 
I mean, that was that was it. I mean, end yeah. of story. Delta's opened yeah. up, and God gets to have His way in uh, doing some things in a part of the state uh, that you know just uh, just incredible, just incredible. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to getting even more deep deep into this yeah. uh, this stuff, and especially talking about the racial reconciliation stuff because I think that's been one of the most impactful things for me so yeah and, and i tell you if you if you want to have a fun time jump in on one of those institutes uh yeah. the you know whether it's west helena forest city mcgee i think they're looking at starting another one in west memphis or the one here in little rock that Stephen bell's leading uh man that's a great way to get to know those guys a great way to to see how a different culture processes and interpret scripture and and mm-hmm. you know to dive into that and have conversation that's a great way to to really start connecting with some guys if you want to be you know kind of a multi-ethnic expression of the yeah, church i did the one in forest city when i was still pastoring yeah. uh did a little session on ecclesiology and uh just had a blast it's where i first yeah. met the legendary bt cooper yeah, yeah. And, uh, and all those guys so it was yeah it's great. It's a great experience. It really yeah, is. it is. It is, and uh, a lot of fun. Those guys are great guys, and so uh, good stuff. All right, we're gonna kick it over to story time with Uncle Neil now. It's story time with Uncle Today's stories come from two church planters in two parts of the state of Arkansas, reaching out to two distinct communities. Pastor Gerardo in Russellville, Arkansas, is on a mission to reach the Hispanic people of Russellville for Christ. By doing this, he is launching a new small group to reach out to those unreached by other churches. Also in Fayetteville, Arkansas, Pastor Donnie Grigg of Vertical Community Church is doing something special as well. Each month, Donnie and his family minister to the families who are staying at the Ronald McDonald House at Washington Regional Hospital. They provide them a meal once a month, along with a bag full of materials needed while staying in the hospital for an extended period. They also give them a devotional and send in church members to love on the employees of the hospital as well as the families. What wonderful stories reaching out to very special communities in the state of Arkansas. We want to hear your story as well. Email us at thegrind at absc.org. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. What is this? I'm still sore I never read Moby Dick. I'm very important. You never read anything I asked you to. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Let's look at Chad and Dave's bookshelf. All right, today on the bookshelf, I just finished yesterday uh, Jeff Vanderstelt's new book. I think it's relatively still new, yeah. uh, Gospel Fluency. Uh, really enjoyed Saturate, which I read by him, but uh, Gospel Fluency uh, is, a, is a good book. He, he talks a lot about the basics of the gospel, um, but also how do you kind of breathe it in, breathe it out in, in kind of the everyday stuff of life. Um, so probably the, it's funny, the best, probably the best stuff I got out of that book was about my own parenting huh. and how to give my kids the gospel, how to parent in a gospel way, which obviously bleeds over into any relationship with anybody who needs Jesus. But it's funny, I thought that that book was really going to be about evangelism but that's really only the last couple of chapters, uh-huh. uh, which is the, that part is good. Yeah. But a lot of it's on how do you let the gospel really come into you? How do you let the gospel be a part of your community, your church? And then how do you, you know, so it's like in me, in us and in them. Yeah. Uh, so it's really good. Uh, one of the things he said that, that I think stuck with me is you don't change people by using motivations to change by using consequences of sin. Yeah. So let me let me apply that to parenting. Yeah. He said you don't shame is a result of sin. You don't shame people into life change. Right, right. Co- consequences of sin are not things that are going to change people. And yeah. so I think a lot of times in parenting I've kind of used shame to try to get my kids to do, you know, my kid to do what I want him to do and 
you can't use the consequence of sin to motivate. So that was, I think, helpful in thinking about parenting, but also when you think about evangelism, that, look, you're not going to shame people into the kingdom of God, at least not in a healthy way. Right, you know? right. Uh, so so you got to find a way to speak good news uh, into people's situation. He also said when it comes to lost people, he said that one of the biggest keys is just to listen. Yeah. Don't come to them with your prepackaged, you know, way that you're going to share with them. Listen first. Yeah. Hear their stories. Hear what's broken in their life. Then bring good news to that. So right. I could go on and on, but those are those are really the things that, that stood out. And, yeah. Uh, they yeah. really, really helped me a lot. So Yeah. I, I may have said this on the podcast before. I heard uh, Ron Martoya speak one time at Catalyst and, and he said, and in talking on that issue, uh, you know, how most of our evangelistic approaches start with sin and judgment. And it is a shaming, you know, with the consequences of sin to try and get them to find new life in Christ. Right. And he said, he said, that's uh, starting with Genesis chapter three. But right. he said, the problem with that is there's a Genesis chapter one and two. And in Genesis chapter one and two, uh, it talks about us being created in the image of God and being a good creation, that right. there was worth and value there. And, and he said, the, the statement that he made has really stuck with me. He said, most people know that they're broken. Uh, what mm. they don't know is that they are worth and value and loved by God. And, yeah. and he said, so well, if you want to bring people into the kingdom, you start with that. Yes. Uh, and then he said nine times out of ten, they already know. <laughs> well, that that's what Vanderstelt said yeah. in one of his parenting moments. He said, I didn't need to shame my kid. He was doing the turtle. He had, yeah. he had <laughs> sunk his head down through his shirt and put his shirt over his knees. And yeah. all you could see was his hair sticking out. You know, he said he knew he he knew that there was shame. What he yeah. needed to be told is that he could go to Jesus. You know? Right, right. So, yeah, very, very powerful. He even t- talks about creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Yeah. And how everybody's story can fit into that. And so when you're sharing Jesus, thinking, thinking those four parts of the Bible uh, as you talk to them and thinking about, okay, what is their creation? What is their... What do they need to know about how they're valued? Mm-hmm. And then what particular thing is broken in their life? And what do they need most about redemption? And so that that's also, I think, a really cool framework for bringing their story into God's story, yeah. if you will. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's a really good point. Good so. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, great stuff. You guys need to check that out. Hoping to get Vanderstelt to Arkansas uh, possibly next year. So, uh uh, stay tuned for that. Um, my book for this week is uh, The Monkey and the Fish, uh, Liquid Leadership for a Third Culture Church by Dave Gibbons. Uh, this is a short, short book, but uh, an interesting read, particularly in light of our, our conversation with Willie Jacobs and in helping us think through questions we need to ask to be uh, cross-cultural Christians. Uh, Dave Gibbons is uh, Asian American, and so he his within his family, uh, two cultures come together: uh, the Asian culture and the Anglo American culture, and and so he, in essence, describes himself as a third culture kid. That you know he's acquainted with both, but sometimes not at home in either, and mm. and then equates that with people that they encounter. Uh, in California where he is, uh, New Song Church, and then uh, overseas. They've done a lot of work in planting churches in Thailand. And he said, we, we learned pretty quick that the model we used in California would not work in Thailand. Hmm. Very different culture, very different people. And he said, so we had to learn to be liquid uh, and adaptable in in the way we shared the gospel, in the way we worshipped, in the forms and ecclesiology, you know, that that we we held to the, you know, the, the things we held loosely, the things we held tightly, and uh, and he said, and then even back, you know, after Thailand, coming back to California and saying, okay, where are the the people groups, the cultures that we've not connected with, that you know, that we have not engaged and tried to uh, build relationships and plant the gospel in, and so then you know they completely shifted the way they were doing church uh, to. 
to build it around some of the people groups in their area that they had no connection with. And so it's just a great, uh, uh, it's not a, I mean, there, there's a few, you know, for most of us, uh, particularly Anglo's, I think in the West, you know, we'll read this and go, there's some several, there's several aha moments, nothing mm. earth shattering or, uh, just overly profound, but just some great questions to think through some great yeah, thoughts and insights into how do, how to do cross-cultural mission and ministry. And, uh, and it's a quick read. Uh, it won't take long at all. And so I highly, highly recommend it, uh, for, for that. Yeah, so, awesome. I will. I will say that I think this book was written back in I don't know, 2008, 2009, something like that. Uh, he quotes Rob Bell a couple of times, and uh, this is before Rob wrote Love Wins and kind of shifted his <laughs> theological trajectory. So don't freak out when he mentions Rob Bell and quotes Rob Bell. Uh, understand the time frame in which this was written. Whatever, I'm, I'm emailing you when I read that book and yeah, shame, right. shaming you for You're recommending it. Shame me for recommending it, yeah. Yeah, you're recommending <laughs> heretics. So. That's right, that's right. Oh, so, Dave. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the first no, time, awesome. probably won't be the last. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's awesome. So, anyway. All right. Well, there's uh, there's podcast for the day. Uh, you know, stay tuned for part two with Willie. Uh, we'll get here in the next coming episodes. Uh, you know, got several great things coming up. Interviews with Nathan James and Grant Harrison of Epic Church here in Little Rock. Uh, Matt Hess from Toronto. George Ross from New Orleans. Uh, you know, just some some exciting stuff and uh, just really enjoying this time and doing this podcast i hope you guys are as well you know check us out itunes google play all that stuff write us a review uh we've got some mugs and some books we'd love to send you and uh we love reading those reviews and hearing what you think yeah and uh, connect with us on twitter too at the grind ar we've got some stuff uh, going on some interactive stuff that we're doing (laughs) and frequently and so uh, hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to engage with you there, too. Some dumb behind-the-scenes questions that Nick <laughs> is asking. So, uh, uh, yeah, if you want to know the deep, dark secrets of one Chad Grigsby and one Dave McClung, you can follow us on the Grind AR yeah. uh, on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, that's been fun, too. So, all right. Well, hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Keep grinding.